Hey, Pastor Jerry, and, and I tell you, you, you can come on over. This right man right here, welcome him. You can come speak. But uh, what, what, what you don't know, what you don't know is what I do know right now. This right now is actually Dr. Jerry David. Yeah, this yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> you have that picture yeah, over man. there or not? Yeah, there's a, there yeah. he is. On his way to defend his dissertation oh, on Tuesday. Lord, and he it. nailed it. He yeah. nailed it. You I know, did it. Yeah. He's, he's causing the young guys. You know, he has more <laughs> drive than younger guys here to get that at this time. We congratulate Thank you. you. We honor Thank you. God you. bless Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I've never done anything harder in all my life than that, uh, that doctorate. That was a crazy thing. But now <clears throat> I expect a new level of deference and respect from all of you. And everything that I speak and say is profound. <laughs> oh, God's good. Amen? Good deal. All right, listen, take your Bibles. Let's get into the Word. I feel I have a word for you this morning. And you're okay with that? Good. And Genesis chapter uh, 2. Go to Genesis chapter 2 this morning. And uh, starting at verse 4. Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 4. Genesis 2. Verse 4. Amen. Genesis 2, starting at verse 4. Here's what it says. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it grew for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And there was not a man to till the ground. King James says it this way. It says, there went up a mist or streams from the earth and watered the whole face or the surface of the ground. Verse 10 then, drop down to verse 10, it says this. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it was parted and became four heads or headwaters, all right, or four other rivers. Verse 6 says there was a, uh, went up a mist. There was a mist, uh, a mist that was going on. Verse 10 says there was a river. That's the message. There was a mist in verse 6. Verse 10 says there was a river. I want to talk to you this morning just briefly, and I told you last week I would do so, about dwelling beyond the mist. Living, existing, dwelling beyond the mist. I know Pastor Solo has called this church to some times of prayer and extended prayer and praying for a move of God, a revival, a a change in the atmosphere, if you would. And it's not that there's anything bad about where the church is at. It's just that we want to go further and deeper into God. There was a mist and there was a river. Now, something you need to know, God moves in sovereign sequence. God moves in sovereign sequence. God arranges, <coughs> excuse me, God manifests his will in sequence. God establishes steps that are inextricable to venture into his will. 
Let me say that again for you. God moves with prophetic progression. Prophetic progression from one stage to the next stage to the next stage, and he moves us into his will. You don't need to put that up quite yet, please. He moves us. There's a sovereign sequence. There are steps inextricable, steps that God establishes in the manifestation of his will. God moves in sequence. He moves in steps. God moves through seasons. This is how God operates. He takes you and me from one place to the other, and that's a sovereign sequence. God accelerates time. God moved in Amos chapter 9 where he was able to accelerate a process. Listen, he accelerates events sometimes, but seldom does he extract the steps of that process. Are you with me? Oh, just a couple are nodding your heads and hoping you're there. He is able to accelerate things in your life and mine, but seldom does he skip a step of the process. By the way, when he skips a step, that's a miracle. When he moves in sovereign sequence, that's providence. That's foundational. One more time. When God moves, there's a sequence. There's an order. There's a structure. There are inextricable steps in the will and the move of God. And God is able to accelerate those steps without extracting any of those steps. The steps are necessary. So that God moves often in acceleration, but without elimination. Let me give you an example. Anybody here ever skip a grade in school? Raise your hand. Oh, you smarties. Oh, my goodness. For the rest of us normal people, look at you, you skipped a grade, but you could not skip the requirements for the grade. You understand? You get that? So it's like you went from third grade, and, and if you didn't know the fourth grade stuff, you're not going on to fifth grade. But if you actually knew the fourth grade stuff, you're going to go on. And it's because you knew the fourth grade stuff so well that you were able to catch on so fast that you were able to skip the fourth grade level and move on to the fifth, but you still had to know the content of the fourth. Now you're getting it. You got that. That's very important. So God can accelerate, but not, without, not with elimination. He doesn't eliminate the step, the process. He can speed up the process and have you touch every base, but do it faster and sooner. But listen to me. It's always with a sovereign sequence that God has you here. He wants to take you there. And what you've got to go through from here to there, he will take you through. And then he will often take you through at a different pace than the person sitting next to you. Some of us are slow. And we don't learn hard lessons fast. That's why some of us, instead of skipping a grade, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you knew I'd get to your house soon enough. Some of us had to repeat a grade because we didn't learn what was required. Some of us are just now learning a lesson God tried to teach us 
five years ago. But God is not going to bring you out of the lesson until you learn everything that he sent you through that and brought you through that to learn. If you don't learn it well, you're going to mess up and go through the same stuff again. Oh, yes, I'm going to say it. And what amazes me, you all going through the same stuff sometimes with the same folk. But listen to me. The principle is God moves through a sovereign sequence that is often accelerated, but seldom is there elimination. So you've got to go through the same steps, but sometimes faster. Because God will often lead you to his destiny, listen to me, through a prophetic progression. God takes you and me through stuff and brings you and me through seasons and takes you and me through challenges and ups and downs. He's taking us somewhere from here to there. That's God's plan for our lives. Now watch this. God created the heavens and the earth and divided the firmament, the, the earth, from the waters. He vertically here in chapter 2 of Genesis divides creations. The gr- dry ground down here and the heavens above. And the heavens contained water. Water is pictured here first off as a mist. It's not rain. Because God clearly states there in chapter 2, he hasn't allowed it to rain yet. But hovering over the dry, parched nothingness of land and earth, there is a mist. Put that first slide up, would you please? That's a mist. That's sort of what it's looking like. You've got to use your, I'm helping you here a little, use your sanctified imagination. There's a mist. It's the same word for vapor. Same word for maybe a thick fog. It is droplets of moisture that are hovering over something. Now, look, it's going to make sense in a moment, I promise. Just stick with me. The Bible says there arose a mist. It's kind of like a fog. It's kind of like a cloud. It's like a vapor. And so, listen, creation was paused. It was stopped, if you will, in a mist. The mist was from God. Oh, let me tell you that again. The mist was from God. But it was only temporary. Because God's will was that they never remain or that the earth never remain in a mist. Never was God's intended long-term purpose. The mist was only a step toward the river. It was just a step. It's a sequence. It's a, a prophetic progression. Oh, man, come on. God, help me with you guys today. Here. The progression was that God was going to fertilize this earth through a river, but he paused the process with a mist. This mist, listen, was preparation. This cloud, this vapor, was but preparation of the creation up until that point. It was getting everything ready for what was still yet to come. So the earth and the creation is, in a sense, stuck here in a mist. And the mist covered the earth, but it was only to be temporary. You've you got to get this. The, the mist was real. The mist was from God. But the mist was only temporary because it was preparation for something greater, which was a river. Now you're getting it. The challenge that you and I have is we must learn to live or dwell in the mist only 
to eventually leave the mist. Your mist, watch, your season, your mist periods are but God's preparation for what's coming. Listen to me. The mist was never enough moisture to bring water to the ground. It was only enough moisture to hold the atmosphere in anticipation for more moisture to come. Somebody's here today, maybe, where God is talking to you and, and, and taking you, and you have not yet arrived, but God has you, it almost seems like sometimes, in a mist, in a season, to prepare you for the rivers that he has already prepared for you. Ooh, amen. The mist symbolizes, watch, temporary provision. That's what it is. Write that down. Don't miss that. You're in a mist season when you're in a time of provision from God. Come on. God's not forgotten about you. God's providing for you. God still loves you. You're going to be okay. But it's only temporary. It is God preparing you for what he has prepared for you. If you don't get this in the spiritual, you'll miss this. That a miss season is God preparing you for what yet is to come, and you're not ready for it yet. The Bible says the earth was not ready for the river. Why? Because God had not allowed it to rain. So God is withholding what he will eventually release to prepare the earth for what is actually going to be very good for the earth one day. And you're in a mist season when God gives you temporary provision. It's when you're in a time of God sustaining you and God blessing you and God covering you and God providing for you, but only for a season. Notice the dynamics of the mist. When you're in a mist season, it's hard to see. Pastor Dustin referred to it in the offering this morning when he read out of First Kings or Second Kings. I can't remember what that was. It doesn't matter. But about the lady, she was in a mist. Did you see what the end of the verse was that when we read it? Until the Lord sends the season of rain, breaks the drought. God was still providing for that little widow woman. You don't know when you're in the mist what's on the other side of the mist. When the clouds roll in and the vapor rises and steam begins to cover the atmosphere, you don't know what's on the other side. It's hard to see in the midst. But your lack of ability to see is because you're in a season, watch, 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 that God has provided. In other words, you can't see on purpose. Because if it was time to see, there would be no mist. Now, what you got to learn, what I have to learn is, I have to question, what must I learn in the mist? What you've got to learn is, is there anything for me to learn while I'm in the mist? Because the reality is, I'm in a season where I can't see what's coming next. 
Has anybody here ever been in a time and a place, a season, where you knew, listen, where you knew your, where your heart was, you knew what you had prayed for, you knew what you had waited for, but you could not see beyond the now or the present. You couldn't see anything. You know it's got to be out there somewhere, but you don't know what direction to even reach, what direction to walk in. You're in a place, and God is still blessing you. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he's turned his back on you and is not blessing you. He is, but you're just trying to see, and you're, and you're in that position, and you're going to say, Lord, how much longer do I have to stay here, right here in this spot, this place, when I know you promised me you would take me further than my mind could even imagine. How long? How much longer do I have to grope my way around and struggle where I can't see my way? And God, I think it's your fault. Listen, listen. You are not where you're at by accident. The mist was not an accident. God's not forgotten about you. God's not turned his back on you. He knows where you are. You're in the mist. (laughs) As a blessing. Because listen, watch, God's preparing you for what he has prepared for you, and you just can't see it right now. You don't know what the next turn is. You don't know what the next step is. You don't know what to do next. And yet, can I help you? You're not lost. You're just in the mist. God's not turned his back on you. Mist prevents you from seeing, even when the sun is shining. It's not that God's turned his back on you, but the light of, in fact, the light of God's son is still there. It's just that it's on the other side of the mist. Hear this in the spirit. Listen, the first problem is the dynamics are such that you can't always see. You don't always know what's next. You don't always know where to go next. You don't always know what is the next season. There's also a danger, though, by the way, The danger is that you can get stuck in the mist. The danger is you can get lost in the clouds. The danger is you can get lost in the fog. People in Florida, I know sometimes, you know, they'll have somebody lost out uh, in the ocean, and you'll hear them say, the search for those people has been suspended because of changes in the weather. We can't see. The danger of living in the mist or dwelling in the mist is that not only can you not see, but often... You cannot be found. Oh, listen. God knows where you are. But others who are looking for you can't find you. You are shrouded with mist. And there's a lack of clarity. You are hidden where you are. And even those who are sincerely looking for you to bless you, to add to you, to be a blessing, can't find you because you're hiding and lost in the mist. Someone's looking for you, and they can't find you because you're in the mist. You're afraid to move forward. You've been in the mist for so long, in fact, you got comfortable in the mist. And what makes this so bad is you're complaining about being there, but you won't position yourself to be found and brought out of there. 
Oh, hello. Some of you sisters, <laughs> you want to be found, so you say. But you are enshrouded in a mist of fear because some other guy messed you up. That, when the answer comes along, you can't, it can't find you. The answer can't find you because you're lost in such a thick fe- a fog of fear. Fear from the last time. Fear from the last battle. <laughs> you're realizing the brother who's trying to get you out of the fog because of, you're, you can't move because of the brother that got you in the fog in the first place. Listen, in a fog, you can't be found. Fear of being hurt again. And you build a shield of mist and a shroud of cloud around you. And although you want to move, you won't let anybody in. Listen to me. I want to show you how the enemy works. If he can keep you and I in the mist, he'll keep you in fear. Some of you may be lost in the cloud and the shroud or the mist of discouragement because of the times you've tried to come through and come out and there never was a door that was open to you. The moment you get satisfied, though, with the mist, you're in trouble because, watch, watch, the mist was a blessing from God for sustaining, but it was only temporary. Only temporary. God wants to take you and I from the midst to the river. Now go to verse 10. Verse 10 says, there was a river, a river went out of Eden. Now now listen to me. A river, the river represents deeper revelation of the will of God. It always does in the Bible. Let, Let me give that to you again. God's plan was to never leave them in the mist, but to take them from the mist to the river, and the river moves out from Eden. It symbolizes a deeper, progressive a revelation of God's will. In other words, the further you go into the river, the further you go into the will of God. The deeper you go into the river, the deeper you go into the things of God. Ezekiel one day paints a picture of the river coming from the altar. And he says, oh man, oh man, he said, this river began at my ankles and then it moved up to my knees and it moved up to my waist and, and, and before I know it, it was up to my chest and, 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 and past my thighs. And, and then from there, it went up to my shoulders and it got to the point where I could not even stand up in the river. In other words, God wants to take you and I so deep in the revelation of his love and of his power, that you can't stand up out there all by yourself. God wants you to be out there so deep where the only thing holding you up is that you're in the palm of his hand, and he takes you from where you are to the place of blessing and anointing and power and his progression of a deeper revelation. But that is only when you get to the river. You cannot remain stagnant in the mist. Because God's will is that you live beyond the mist. Beyond the mist of temporary provision. There is the power of the revelation of God. The river represents, watch, the abundant provision of God. The mist is the temporary provision of God. The river is the abundant provision of God. How many want abundance? Come on, amen. 
The river is that which flows from the power of God leading you and taking you deeper into his will. Listen, you can apply this anywhere in your life. Pastor Solo did this morning a little bit. It's the thing of saying, I'm not going to be satisfied with living in the mist, even when it comes to my giving and my tithes. You know, I put $5 in, but that's living in the mist. I'm going to step out into the will of God and believe him and put myself in the palm of his hand and flow and live in the river. Come on, amen. I'm not going to take an offering so you can clap and shout or whatever you've got to do. The river is that which flows from the power of God, leading you and taking you deeper into his will. It's the abundant flow of the will of God. This river is symbolic of you living the deeper life of Christ. The book of Psalms 46, it speaks of a river. This river, the Bible says, makes glad the city of God. There is a river. Psalm 46.4, and the river, the streams whereof, shall make the city of God glad. There is a river. Watch this. And the river, not the mist, the river brings rejoicing. It brings hope. It brings blessing. The blessings to the city of God. By the way, that's you and me. Now stay with me. There is a river. Listen, remember, God wants to take you and I from the mist to the river. The Bible says there's a river that makes glad the city of God, the holy place. There is a river. God wants you to dwell beyond the mist and step into his river. There's a river that makes glad the city of God. The problem is with that text, there's both a geographical and a topographical problem there. Here's the problem. The text says there's a river from God that makes glad the holy city. Well, the holy city of God in the Old Testament was Jerusalem. Stay with me. Watch. There's a problem with this text. Because any map you look at of Jerusalem, even today, you, it will reveal this. There is no river that, in the city of Jerusalem. Psalm 46 says, though, there's a river that makes the city of God glad or it blesses the city. But there's the problem. The topography of the land reveals there's no river that flows through the city of God. But you just read there's a river that brings gladness and it brings joy and blessing. But there is no river that flows through the city of Jerusalem. Ah, so where did the river come from? From the pool of Bethesda. Where did the rivers come from? The the water come from uh, at the pool of Shalom. There is no river that flows through the city of God. I, I love this. I love this. Nothing flows through Jerusalem. But the truth is, although there is no river that flows through Jerusalem, there is a river, actually, that flows underneath the city. And it sprouts up in places where there are pools. Oh, you ain't got that. You ain't got that. God says, now watch. When you go from the mist to the river, watch, there's something underneath the skin. There's something deep within you that everyone cannot see. Everyone cannot recognize. But it flows In fact, the Bible says at one spot, out of your belly, 
out of your innermost being. Jesus said in John chapter flow, it will flow like rivers from your belly, from the innermost being. It speaks of the presence of the Holy Spirit that is able to equip you. It's able to strengthen you. It's able to prepare you for everything God has for you. And although people cannot see it always, but when God moves and speaks, that power comes up. Did you hear what I said? That river comes alive. They don't understand how you are able to go through the storm. They don't understand how you are able to go through the problem. They don't understand how you are able to go through the trial, how you are able to go through the midnight, how you are able to go through the darkness. But it's because you've got something deep within you that flows like a river. Take me to the river, Lord. Come on, amen. There's something that flows down like rivers of joy and rivers of anointing and rivers of power and rivers of provision. Lord, take me to that river. There's got to be a river because I've got to lay my burdens down somewhere and it's by the riverside. Amen? Nothing else. Oh, God, take me to the river. I pray you live and speak and live and progress and live and be a success. By the river. The river. Stay with me now. The river that's in you. Isaiah says, oh, you got to love God's word. He said, this river flows in, watch, watch, dry places. Oh, you didn't get that either. Isaiah says it in three places. 32-35, Isaiah 32-35. This river flows in desert places, dry places. The moisture in the, watch, watch. It, the, the moisture in the mist cannot end the drought. There's not enough moisture. Listen, the moisture in the fog cannot end the drought because there's not enough moisture to bring moisture to the dry place. But Isaiah says there's a river that flows into desert land. There's a river that flows into dry places. It speaks of the presence and anointing of the spirit of the living God flowing in your life and in my life. May the river flow in our lives. Come on, amen. Watch this. May you see, in other words, revival in dead stuff. Oh, come on. Come on. The river moistens and prepares dry desert land. You're not getting this. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to get really upset. Listen, I speak river over every dead marriage in this room today. Did you hear what I said? I speak river over every dead financial situation in this room. I speak rivers to it. To every dry area. I speak river to it. I speak river to every dead area in our lives. I speak river. I speak revival to every place that is really qualified as desert and dry. I speak river over every home with a wayward child in this room today. Come on, amen. I speak river over every dry place of drug addiction and pornography addiction. I speak a river that will bring life. 
and brings power by the glory of Jesus Christ. It's the glory of God and the river that takes power and life even to your dry places today. I'm almost done. But watch this. There's a catch. There's a catch. There's always a catch. Remember how I started. God moves in sovereign sequence. Yeah, you got it. In other words, you cannot go from here to there till you go through the required steps to get from here to there. Go back to verse 6. There was a mist from the earth. Watered the whole face of the earth. Next verse, watch this, verse 7. Didn't read that, but watch. And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground. And then verse 10, there was a river. Listen to me. There was a mist. There was a man. There was a river. You cannot go from the temporary mist to the abundant vision of the river until man is in place. Why? Because you can't skip a step. You can't skip the step. You cannot go from the mist to the river till man is in place because God moves in sovereign. That's it. He can accelerate, but he will not eliminate. The river, stay with me, that brings life to deadness flows when man is in place. The river that heals deadness cannot flow till man is in place. Listen to me. The church will never know what true revival is until God puts man in his place. Listen, it's not mist to river. It's mist, man, river. Now stay with me now. You cannot go, and by the way, the church, Lincoln City Church, you cannot go The community cannot go. The neighborhood cannot go. The homes and houses cannot go to the river of abundance and provision until God acts according to his sovereign sequence. And that is, he has to put man to stand in the gap between mist and river. And then the rains will come. It's going to rain in here. It's going to rain in here. Listen, it's going to rain in our nation. It's going to rain. I've got the forecast. It's going to rain. I'm giving you the weather. It's going to rain. When God gets his house in order, when God puts men and women in relationship under the authority of the kingdom of God, it's going to rain. Come on, I pray for rain. I pray for rain in this house. Amen? Rain down grace in this house. Rain down mercy in this house. Rain down power in this house. Rain down anointing in this house. Put every man in his position. Every woman in her position. Put every child in their position. And Lord, that you would open up 
a floodgate of heaven and pour out blessing, the Bible says that we would not even have room enough to receive it. Come on. Let it rain. Come on. Amen. Let it rain. I'm telling you, it's going to rain. Come on. Rain on our homes. Rain on our finances. Rain on our minds. Rain on our careers. Rain on our children. Rain in our marriages. Rain on our husbands. Rain on our wives. Rain on our children, on our sons and daughters. Rain in this house in the name of Jesus. I want rain. Come on, amen. I want rain. Now watch this. Those of you that say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm not there yet. I got you. I got you. 1 Corinthians 15, then we're going to sing and go home. God put a man in the gap whose name was Adam. You go from mist to river when Adam is in place. The first Adam in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45 says, he became a living being. But then it talks about the second Adam. The second Adam, who, was, who gave life by his spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, then the spirit. The first was of the dust of the earth, that's Adam. But the second man, the Bible says, is of heaven. I got to tell you, there is <laughs> an Adam who must be in place in your life for you to go from mist to river. And it's not just the first Adam, but actually, here's a secret, it's the second Adam. And you know what his name is? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, you got it. The first Adam, it says, came out of the dust of the earth, but the second Adam came out of the womb of a virgin, anointed by the power of the living God. The first Adam, it says, died one day and left sons and daughters, but the second Adam went to the cross and died on Calvary, went into an empty tomb, but early on Sunday morning, he got back up looking for a place and a space in your life and in my life. A place in your deals. A place in your priorities. A place in your giving. A place in your walking. A place at your job. A place in your finances. A place with your children. A place in your marriage. Listen, you can't go from mist to river unless there's a man in place. And he's got to hold down that place in order for you to move into rivers of joy, rivers of peace, rivers of power, rivers of abundance. You, listen, you can never go from temporary to the permanent provision of God unless there is a man standing in the gap. The first Adam was a picture of the second Adam. The first Adam came from the dust of the earth. The second Adam came from the breath of God. I want us to pray here this morning. I want us, listen, it's just not an altar call or a salvation call for people for the first time, and that's important. But if we want to see revival, if we want to go from the temporary provision of mist and really see the flow in the river of God working in our lives, we've got to put the man in place in everything that we're doing. Come on, amen.
We got to know his word. We got to, oh, here's a biggie. We've got to obey his word about everything. Otherwise, you end up in the mist. I'm not happy with the mist anymore. How about you? I want the river of God. Come on, stand with me. Father, with our hands lifted in the air. Come on, put them up. Our hands lifted in the air. I pray, Lord God, that you would take every one of us from the mist, Lord God, into the river. I pray, Lord God, come on, this morning, I pray for every one of us, you would take us and move us from the mist into the river of God. I pray, Lord God, that you would take us and bring a dissatisfaction with just dwelling and living in the mist until we crave and we desire that there come a flow of a river that flows in us, Lord God, that brings power, brings a life, and brings fertility, Lord God. It brings blessing, and it brings mercy and grace. It brings joy, Lord God. It brings everything that we have need of. There is a river that we want to move into. This morning, Lord God, in our lives, if we want to see that kind of thing happen, going from the midst to the river, Lord, we've got to put you as a priority, Jesus, right in our lives. In this morning, Lord, we ask, come on, we ask. Go ahead, just begin to ask it. Lord, go put yourself center in my life, Lord God. Center in my affection. Center in my priorities. Center in everything about me.